What's going on, people? Welcome to an all-new episode of Something About Sports with Deacon Slim. I'm your host, Deacon Slim. I know I've been on a hiatus of sorts from my podcast for the last couple of weeks, man. There have been a lot of ongoing changes and developments in my life, new opportunities in my life that I'm I'm excited about. So I've had to kind of put my at least my solo podcast, you know, on hold for a couple of weeks while I get all my scheduling together figuring out time to do things and, you know what I'm saying, getting all my ducks in a row. So I'm happy to say that we are back with um, something about sports with Deacon Slim, man. I've been eager, eager, eager to release a new episode, man. I think about this every day, and I always be trying to figure out, man, hey, do I got a, a little hour of free time right now to sit down and record and all that? Because, you know, podcasting isn't as simple as press and record you know it, t- it takes a little planning you know what i'm saying it takes a little planning so in order for it to be good at least it takes a little planning so of course i want this to be good i want y'all to enjoy it and i want y'all to come to me for all your sports news and updates man so y'all be on the lookout for for my new ig page for something about sports as well man i'm trying to be more active on social media when it comes to engagement and you know what i'm saying building a following building a base you know what i'm saying so i can grow other things you know i want to shout out my my fish tank maintenance and service company uh tgs tanks the gray standard that's another the main reason i want to build my brand and build my following on social media so i can expose myself to more customers expose myself to a wider base and uh, build my brand and make millions man so without further ado let's get into it man without you know let's get past all the formalities and whatnot First thing I want to get into as we return for the newest episode of something about sports, man. I want to get into some week four football NFL, man. I have not been able to record since NFL season kicked off. I think my last episode was a, a few weeks after the NBA finals. So you guys kind of understand how long it's been since, you know what I'm saying? I, I've been starving the people of, of their slim. So I'm back. So let's get into some NFL stuff, man. Um, like I said, I wasn't able to pop the, the NFL season off with an episode, so I'm not going to get into all the storylines that were going into the season before the season started and everything. Everybody's all caught up on stuff like that. So I'm going to just get into the nitty-gritty of a, a little quick week four recap because I don't want the whole episode to be a week four episode, you know, just to give you a little – um view of what we what we're going to be discussing today on, on today's episode we got nfl week four we got the nba preseason we got lebron getting a new building at the nike headquarters we got the ben simmons situation and kyrie Irving and the vaccine in the nba so um we got some juicy topics and i'm all trying to fit this all within an hour 45 minutes to an hour so i'm gonna hold you guys up this ain't first take we ain't finna take up your whole morning listening to sports man this is something to help you get to work on your way home from work while you're working out something like that to keep you updated on what's going on with your teams you know so let's start it off man you all know i'm a new england patriots fan so i'm gonna start it off with my pats um biggest game of the season for mo- in most people's eyes just tom brady's return to new england return to foxborough 20 years as a new england patriot Left last season, joined the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, went on to win the Super Bowl in his first year with the Bucks. First game back in Foxborough since leaving. A lot of storylines around him and Bill Belichick's um, relationship. Was it 
deteriorating towards the end? Did they do they dislike each other? Do they fuck with each other? Do they not? So it was a lot going into this game, a lot of build up, a lot of hype. Um, and it really came down to, at least in the eyes of the media, Tom versus Bill. It was more than the Patriots versus the Bucks. We didn't really hear about that matchup a lot leading up to the game. It was more Tom versus Bill. How much Tom wants to beat Bill. How much Bill wants to beat Tom. How much they know about each other and all this stuff. So, all in all, it was a good game. Um, a defensive game. Um, you could tell Bill Belichick knew how to how to make Tom Brady uncomfortable. You can tell Bill Belichick knew Tom Brady's tendencies, what he likes to do with the football. Um, Rob Gronkowski was not able to play in the game due to broken ribs. So Tom Brady's biggest red zone target and uh, favorite red zone target this so far this season uh, was not available to him for the game. So um, Bill was able to exploit that. Um, it was also raining in Foxborough, so both quarterbacks had to kind of traverse throwing a wet football around and everything like that. So, you know, um, it was a good game, though. Uh, Mac Jones, for us, my, my new quarterback. Tom Brady is my favorite quarterback. He always will be. I appreciate the, the years Tom gave us in, um, as, a, as a Patriots fan. So Tom Brady's my favorite quarterback, but I'm a Patriots fan. So my new, my new QB, QB1 for me is Mac Jones. So Mac Jones, 31 of 40, 275 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. And um, probably the biggest game of his career so far. You know, you're facing the man who you're replacing in Foxborough, whose legacy is cemented. You know what I'm saying? The greatest quarterback of all time and still playing. Seven uh, Super Bowl championships. Um, more than any other, I think, more than all the other NFL franchises. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Patriots have six. Tom has seven. You know, the Steelers have five, I think. So, anyway. Tom Brady went 22 of 43 for 269 yards, no TDs, no picks. Um, yeah, I will say Bill got to Tom for the majority of the game. Tom made the plays he needed to make. There was a couple drops on um, on the Buck side. for uh, Antonio Brown dropped a dime in the, in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. He dropped that one. And um, it was a couple of um, controversial calls, too, in that game, in my opinion, that could have went either way or flags that shouldn't have been thrown in general. But overall, man, it was a good game. I don't want to go on and on and on. It was a good game. I enjoyed it. It lived up to the hype. I think a lot of people were expecting some 44 to 35. Like, I don't think, like a real football pundit, like a, a fan of football, people who study the game, and study teams and all this stuff, knew that that game was going to be a battle and it was going to come down to the last play um, to wrap it up. Patriots had a chance to win at the end, missed the field goal. Bucks went ahead, victory formation did out, uh, got the victory. So um, it was a very defensive game. Final score, 19-17, Bucks. Um, I liked what I saw from Mac Jones. I I'll wrap this up wrap this game recap up with saying I really liked what I saw from Mac Jones. He, he threw a pick early, but I really liked what I saw from Mac Jones. There was a lot of pressure in that stadium uh, last Sunday night, and it was and he and he did not flinch. 
He did not flinch. He did his job. Um, like I said, he went 31 of 40 for 275. He was efficient. He was um, he was decisive. You know what I'm saying? He didn't try to do too much with the football like a lot of rookies do in those big games like that. And he had a chance to beat the defending Super Bowl champions um, with about 50-something seconds left on the clock. And his field goal kicker missed the kick. So I, I, I liked what I saw from Matt Jones, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. I got a lot of positive energy about my Patriots right now, man. The first four weeks of the season, man, we're 1-3. Of course, it's not where we want to be, but... I think we we're on an upward trend. We're not on a trend. We're not trending down. We're trending up. So I, I I think we can finish this season with ten wins, easily. I really do. I think we can finish this season with ten wins, ten and seven maybe. So I'm looking forward to see what happens, man. Let's go down the list for all the other uh, game recaps for the week, man. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Las Vegas Raiders on Monday Night Football. Uh, final score of 28-14. Chargers, Justin Herbert put on another show. The young kids really growing and really developing into a, a top-10 quarterback in the NFL, man. Really really showcasing his arm strength and his uh, decisive, decisiveness with the football. Excuse me, folks. <laughs> and um, his accuracy as well. He's got a great receiving core. He's got Keenan Allen. He's got Mike Williams. He's got Jared Cook. So he's got a good team around him, man. Chargers looking good at three and one. So um, be on the lookout for them. Ravens suffered. I mean, the Raiders suffered their first loss of the season. They're three and one. That AFC West division is is pretty good right now. So division to look out for. Um, another recap game: Cardinals Rams. Probably was the game of the week as far as like figuring out who's the best team in the NFL right now. Cardinals came out on top, thirty-seven to twenty. Kyler Murray another. Fantastic game, 34 for 30, 24 for 32 for 268 yards and two TDs. Another 39 on the on the ground. Um, AJ Green with the breakout game. I know AJ Green is a name. A lot of people are like AJ Green. He's back. He's still in the league. AJ Green, man. Yes, he was somebody I, I drafted. It was like my last pick in the fantasy draft. I think he's um he's due for a breakout year, man. I think if AJ Green can stay healthy, that Cardinals team is going to be deadly because AJ Green is a true number one wide receiver. We all know what he did in Cincinnati. We all know what A.J. Green is capable of. So I think having A.J. Green and D-Hop side by on on either side of each other, man, that, that's going to be a deadly combination. Cardinals hand the Rams their first loss of the season. Matthew Stafford, a pedestrian, 26-41, uh, 280 yards, two TDs, and a pick. Um, the Rams looked uh, mortal um, after last week, beat knocking off the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, I, 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 I believe everybody was thinking the Rams are the best team in football. Um, I wasn't quite there yet myself. I, I still thought Matthew Stafford still has some stuff to prove to me. I believe Matthew Stafford is an elite talent in this, in this league, but I believe Matthew Stafford is in that same boat as a, as a Matt Ryan. And this is my opinion. This is my opinion. I know most, some folks may say, whoa, whoa, whoa. But I think Matthew Stafford is in the same boat as Matt Ryan. Yes, Matthew Stafford never had the greatest teams in Detroit, right? But I think quarterback play can make up for a lot. And Matthew Stafford never had a great defense in Detroit and whatnot. But I think um, Matthew Stafford never made himself stand out as one of those guys. Where it was just like, man, if you get Matthew Stafford some weapons, you get the right people around him in Detroit, and they're a contender. I don't think that was ever the case with, with Matthew Stafford in Detroit. Everybody recognized that he had a great arm. 
He was a, tr a, a generational talent as far as his arm strength and quarterbacking. But um, he was kind of in that same boat with Matt Ryan with me, like a guy that can put up gaudy numbers. But at the end of the season, they're nine and nine and seven, first round playoff exit, maybe make it to the NFC Championship, and never really do much after that. So I was kind of slow on the Matthew Stafford train as far as him being traded to um, Los Angeles this past off season from Detroit. It was a QB swap, Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff. So. I'm still kind of like, man, I need to see him do something when it matters. You know, all this regular season stuff, I'm not a regular season guy. I'm not a guy that's like, oh, my God, this is the best team in the league. They're going to win the Super Bowl. I have my picks at the beginning of the year for the team, I think, going in before the season starts is going to win the Super Bowl. Then I have my, my week one way too early prediction, and then I don't really pick again till the end of the year. So it's like, for me, the regular season doesn't mean shit, like, because in my opinion, football is about getting hot at the right time. Tampa Bay last year, it all clicked for them when it needed to, at the perfect time. Right after, I forgot what loss that was um, last year, and they just rattled off a win streak right on into the Super Bowl victory. So I think things have to click at the right time for, for football. Just like baseball in the playoffs, man. It's like when, when you're hot in baseball, nine times out of ten you're going to win the World Series. That wasn't the case for the Cardinals last night in the NLCS. But um, well, that's that's another topic. But, yeah, man, Cardinals, only remaining undefeated team in the NFL, 4-0, 37-20 over the Los Angeles Rams. Next, we got the Packers and the Steelers. Um, Packers went 27-17 um, on the Steelers. Uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger's is Roethlisberger is looking older and older as the weeks go on. He was 26-40 for 232 yards, one TD, one pick. Um, Najee Harris, 15 yards attempted on the ground. I mean, 15 attempts on the ground for 62 yards. Aaron Rodgers, 20-36 for 248 and two TDs. Randall Cobb and um, Devontae Adams did damage to the uh, secondary of the Steelers all day. Randall Cobb had two touchdowns. Welcome back, Randall Cobb. Packers look like they're finally getting on the right track, man. Um, Aaron Rodgers is back and looking like an MVP, uh, back looking like himself. He's not building up big 400 yarders and stuff like that, but he's doing what he needs to do to get his team victories. Um, they look good after that week one demolishing to the Saints, man. I just think that was due to all the bullshit that was do going on in the offseason, them having to catch up a little later. So I think the Packers are back on track. Um back in the driver's seat as far as being real contenders to not only win the NFC, but win the whole damn thing. So the Steelers, I think they're done. I think Ben's done. I don't think there's another option for him as far as a backup in Pittsburgh, though, so I don't think he'll be benched. They got Dwayne Haskins and um, who else they got in Pittsburgh? Mason Rudolph. So it's, I mean – what do you what do you got there? Two guys that are kind of inexperienced. Both both have um, shown what they can do in the NFL as far as being having opportunities to start and really didn't do much. So I don't think Mike Tomlin is ready to pull the plugs on Ben Roethlisberger as far as him not being good enough to play NFL quarterback right now. I think they're going to play the season out, let them finish the year. I think this is Ben's last year in the league. He'll be out the door next season.
Ravens Broncos. Ravens are looking good, man. They beat they beat the Broncos twenty three to seven. Lamar Jackson really looking good. Um, following the first loss of the season, uh, twenty two to thirty twenty two or thirty seven for three hundred sixteen yards, one TD, another fifty nine yards, and another TD on the ground. Um, wait, that's Latavius Murray. Uh, my apologies. Lamar had another twenty eight yards on the ground, and Latavius Murray fifty nine yards rushing in the touchdown. Hollywood Brown made up for those two drop TD passes last week with four receptions for 91 yards and a diving touchdown in the back of the end zone, highlight of the uh, game. Um, Ravens defense held the Broncos. Um, not much to get into for this game. I think uh, a big thing that came out of this game was uh, the Broncos being pissed off that the Ravens Instead of kneeling the last play of the game, they, they ran the ball for five yards to uh, break the record for most consecutive games at 100 yards rushing. So um, Vic Vandrio, the head coach of the Broncos, is kind of pissed. Or is he the D.C.? Either or. Uh, he was kind of pissed off. So that's neither here nor there or whatever. I would have did the same thing, man. That's, that's pretty significant for a team. Um, Seahawks 49ers. Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Um, facing Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers. Seahawks come out on top 28-21. to 21. Um, Russell Wilson, 16 for 23, 149 yards, two TDs. Um, I know those numbers aren't gaudy, but um, it was a – I won't say it was a defensive game, but it was more of a – it was back and forth. For majority, I'm sorry for that long pause. I was kind of like, I couldn't, it's hard to explain this game because Jimmy G gets hurt. Trey Lance comes in, throws two TDs. Well, yeah, he, he ran for a TD and threw a TD. So um, we who, who knows what's going to happen in San Francisco with that. I don't think um, they throw him in yet. I think you continue. If Jimmy G is healthy, I think you let him finish the season out because he didn't give you a reason to bench him. The injury was kind of weird. He was on the sideline, not limping, nothing. It wasn't getting looked at, no ice on him or nothing like that. So it was kind of weird, but who knows what the hell is going on there. Not going to get too much into this game. 28-23, uh, 28-21 was the final Seahawks on top. Seahawks are now 2-2. Two and two. I believe they are... Where would they be in that division? I think they're third right now. The uh, yeah, they're third. Cardinals are four and no Rams are three and one. Seahawks are two and two. Niners are two and two. So the NFC West is shaping up, man. That's that's gonna that's gonna be a good division, man. NFC South right now. Bucks number one, three and one. Panthers behind them at three and one. Panthers also just acquired um Stephon Gilmore from the Pats, um in a trade, for a six round pick. So helping the secondary for them. Saints are 2-2, two and two, and the Stupid Falcons are 1-3. Uh, NFC North, you got the Packers on top, 3-1. and one. Then you got the Bears at 2-2, two and two. Vikings 1-3, Lions 0-4. Cowboys on top in the NFC East, 3-1. Um, and one. Washington 2-2, two and two. Philly 1-3, and, and New York is 1-3. We talked about the AFC West. We got the Chiefs at 2-2, two and two. the number four. Chargers at the top at 3-1. and one. Broncos in second at 3-1, and one. and the Raiders are 3-1 and one as well. That's another... Competitive division that could go either way. Um, AFC South is trash. I'm not going to even go into their records. The Titans should be better than they are. NFC North is going to be pretty 
pretty competitive this year. Uh, Bengals are three and one. Ravens are three and one. Browns are three and one. Steelers are one and three. AFC East, my home division. The Bills are three and one. The Dolphins are one and three. The Pats, the Pats are one and three, and the Jets are one and three. I believe we can flip this season around and get back to winning ways. Let's get back to the recaps. I'm gonna uh, slide through the rest of these and um, not get into too much detail about them. Uh, Jets came on top, came out on top against the Titans, 27 and uh, 27 to 24 in overtime. Jets get their first win of the season. Titans look like they're all hype. They were without they were without AJ Brown and Julio Jones in the game, though. So maybe that maybe that's why. The Washington uh, football team defeated the Atlanta Falcons, 34 to 30. Uh, Atlanta Falcons again blew a lead, couldn't close the game out. Taylor Heineke leads the Washington football team to a comeback victory. Um, the Cowboys defeat the uh, Carolina Panthers and hand them their first loss of the season, defeating them 36-28. To, to um, Dak Prescott again looking like an MVP, 14-22, 188 yards, four touchdowns. Um, again, the Panthers acquired... Um, Stephon Gilmore from the Pats, so that defense just got a lot better. Sam Darnold has been looking good. He he did throw two picks in the game, so uh, we'll see how the Panthers continue to grow throughout the season. Um, Giants versus Saints. Giants defeat the Saints in overtime to get their first win of the season, uh, 27-21. I think um, the Saints are now on a – no, I think they won last week, so they're not on a losing streak. But the Saints have to starting off 1-0. Jameis having a great game, beating the Packers. Um, Saints haven't looked the same. They haven't looked consistent. Daniel Jones, 28 for 40, 402, two touchdowns. Uh, good game from him. Jameis Winston, 17 to 23, 226 and one touchdown. Alvin Kamara, 26 attempts and 120 rushing yards on the ground. Um, Giants, uh, Saquon Barkley looks like he's coming back into form. Um, and maybe there's some hope for the Giants. Uh, Saints, I think uh, Jameis continue. He needs to continue to grow as a quarterback, um, decision making wise, and um, I think once he really learns that offense and and really um, get settled in and back into settling in as a starting quarterback, I think he'll be fine. Uh, Browns defeat the Vikings, fourteen to seven. Not a real exciting game. Not much to report. I'll just give you the score. Chiefs, Eagles. Chiefs come out on top against the Philadelphia Eagles, forty-two to thirty. Excuse me, folks. Uh, Pat Mahomes is back in MVP form after taking um, two straight losses over the last week. Um, over the last two weeks, he was twenty-four thirty for two hundred seventy-eight yards, five TDs, and a pick. Clyde was a lair. Uh, 14 attempts on the ground with 102 yards. Uh, Tyreek Hill had a hell of a game, breakout game of the year. 12 targets, 11 receptions, 186 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, Jalen Hurts, um, he looked good, but, you know, they just couldn't keep up with the Chiefs scoring today. I mean, with that day. Jalen Hurts was 32 of 48 for 387 and two picks. I mean, two touchdowns. And he was also the leading rusher with eight for forty-seven. So uh, I think I believe the future is bright in Philly. Um, I believe in Jalen Hurts. Um, I think they're right that ship. And I think he has the leadership qualities that um, are needed to lead a team in Philly. We're going to get into some more Philly talk later about Ben Simmons. 
Colts. But, um, yeah. We got the Colts and Dolphins. Colts come out on top 27-17 to to get their first win of the year. You know, they got Carson Wentz down there in Indy. He had um, a decent game, um, led the Colts to victory. Um, Dolphins starting quarterback Tua Tagovailoa is out with Jacoby Brissett as as the backup coming in, throwing two touchdowns, played well, just wasn't enough. Bears defeat the Lions 24-14. Justin Fields gets his first uh, NFL start. What was his second? Yeah, it was his second NFL start. His first one, he got fucking raped about there, out there by the Browns. Uh, Justin Fields with 11 for, 11 for 17 with 209 yards, no TDs, and a pick. David Montgomery kind of kept them alive. The rushing came, you know, put them where they needed to be, 23 yards. 23 attempts, 106 yards. Um, Justin Fields has been named QB1 in Chicago. So, um, let, let, let's see how the Bears, let's see what the Bears do to get better and develop Justin Fields and, and make him into a, use his talents the right way, man. The boy's talented, man. The boy's talented, man. Let's, 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 let's put him in the right positions. Bills, Houston, man, 42 zip. This is Houston's second 30 plus point shutout this season. The Bills are three and one. They're looking good. Um, I don't know about the competition they went up against, but um, Josh Allen, 20-29, 248, two, TD, two TDs and a pick. Uh, Stephon Diggs, great game. Ten targets for seven receptions for 114 yards. Not much to get into there, man. A shellacking. Bengals and Jags, uh, the Thursday night game. I kind of went backwards. I started from Monday and worked back to Thursday. Um, battle of the number one picks. Uh, final score, 24-21. Jackson, I mean, Bengals. Trevor Lawrence for the Jaguars, 17-24-204. No picks, no, no touchdowns. Sorry, folks, I'm, I'm yawning so much. I don't yawn until I sit down and do a podcast. This shit is ridiculous. Um, Joe Burrow, 25 for 32, 348, two touchdowns. Looked like a true number one pick out there. Um, we all know about the news about Urban Meyer uh, being seen in a viral video. Urban Meyer is the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Being seen in a viral video. Back in his home, I mean, back in his back in Columbus, Ohio, at a bar with the young girl dancing on him at the bar or whatever. Um, sorry about that, folks. I had a, a a quick interruption, man. I had my had my little bro pop by the by the crib, man. But uh, yeah, I was talking about Urban Meyer's situation, man. Yeah, he got caught up in a viral video of him having some young chick dance on him. Uh, the whole story is. The Jaguars lost. Um, he didn't fly back with the team. He flew back to Columbus, Ohio, where he owns a bar. For those who don't know, Urban Meyer used to be, I know a lot of people know Urban Meyer from Florida. He's the Florida Gators head coach, right? So after he left Florida, um, he took a hiatus from coaching for like a year or two, came back and started coaching Ohio State, which is in Ohio, Columbus, Ohio. So um had some success there, national championship. So he's good in Columbus. And I think that's where he lives. Like that's that's his that's his base. So he owns a bar out in Columbus and he um 
flew back home instead of flying back with the team. That's one problem people had, you know, finding out this story. You know, you guys don't have a victory Monday. You know, y'all lost. So it's like, how does that work? You know, because, you know, victory Monday, you get the day off. You know, it's like a mini vacation when you're in the NFL. Like Sunday, Tuesday, Monday and Tuesday is most of the time is the off days. You go and come in Wednesday, watch film, walkthroughs and practice and stuff. But Monday and Tuesday, like these guys go on like mini vacations. They go back home sometimes on the other side of the country, man, depending on where they play. And they go back home to spend time with their family, spend time with their kids for a day or two and come back, you know what I'm saying, get back in the flow of things. And I think it's it's viewed a little differently when your team's coming from a off of a loss and your head coach doesn't fly back to the facility with everybody and instead goes to his to to his bar in Columbus, Ohio. Um, even though they were they were in Cincinnati, you know what I'm saying? They 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 just played the Bengals. It wasn't like he flew to flew to Cincinnati from Jacksonville like they were already there so I, I I'm kind of on Urban's side because they he was already there he was already in Ohio you know family's there you might it's, it's just like okay guys you guys get back on the on the plane I'm gonna stay here with family uh catch up with some family I'm gonna meet them at my bar buzz buzz and I don't think the players had a problem with that you know what I'm saying I think the problem came once the video came out and for those who don't know, it was a video of Urban with the, with the girl dancing on him at his bar. She was a little white girl, you know, grinding on his lap. He wasn't really engaging from the video I saw. He wasn't really engaging. And, like, it was kind of like sitting there, like, not stopping it. You know, a point somebody, I heard somebody say, is, well, what could he do? Could he just be, like, push the girl off of him or tell the girl to get off of him and stuff like that? Then that could have turned into something. So was he kind of... But at the end of the day, my opinion on it is he's a married man. And he's one of these guys that go and portray this Christian aura and this do the right thing and, you know what I'm saying, comes off as a person that does no wrong. So for this type of scandal to come out, on top of everything else that's been going on in Jacksonville, they're losing, you know what I'm saying, his first head coach hire is the head coach of the uh, – his first coaching hire is the head coach of Jacksonville Jaguars or some guy that was – you know, uh, accused of being a basically a dick coach and verbally abusing players and whatnot. So I think Urban is not built for the NFL, in my opinion. Um, he's not built to be an NFL head coach. Uh, this wasn't even one of the topics I had for the show, but I might as well get into it. Urban is, I'm not going to go long. Urban is not built for the NFL. I think Urban is a college coach college you can kind of control things a little more it's you can go college you can go two years and not lose a game you know what i'm saying but the nfl this shit is a different level this shit is a different level these this is these guys livelihoods this is you know it's not as scaled as as college goes when i say that i mean when you coach in ohio state you got the whole state of ohio behind you and then everybody else you coaching the Jacksonville Jaguars, your fan base don't even believe in you right now. Y'all having a hard time filling the stands. So it's like shit that you can get away with as a college coach, you can't get away as the coach of one of the worst teams in the NFL who's on a 19-game losing streak. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not going to work. And I don't think Urban is built for that because 
one thing about it, I think Urban cares a lot about football and about winning. I think he's passionate. I think he's really passionate. And I think it could be overwhelming for a guy like that in the NFL when things are going his way, when you're used to so much success. I think that's why a lot of college coaches don't don't necessarily do great in the NFL. You see these college coaches that are national champions. And why do you think Nick Saban ain't left Alabama, man? It's a reason Nick Saban will never leave Alabama. Nick Saban is is good. He, he's Nick Saban's thought process is, why would I leave here? I'm the highest paid coach in college. You know what I'm saying? I'm winning the national championship every other year. You know what I'm saying? My legacy is set. I'm the man in college football. Y'all can't tell me shit. I run the University of Alabama. Why the fuck? What, what can the NFL do for me? You know what I'm saying? And a lot of these college coaches that leave big programs for the NFL, it's because they always dreamed of coaching in the NFL. Uh, uh, most of the time, these college coaches are like, man, I'm good on them NFL jobs. And a lot of these NFL coaches is good on them college jobs because it's a big difference, man. It's a big difference in coaching. And I just think Urban's not built for the NFL. I think he's a college coach. I think he's a good coach. I don't think he's a bad coach, but I think he makes this questionable decision since he's been an NFL coach, man. Uh, bringing in Tim Tebow as a tight end. Like, what was that about? That was like, like, what was that? Everybody knew Tim Tebow wasn't going to make the team as a tight end. What were you doing? Was it a is who you know type of situation with Tim Tebow getting that getting that shot in Jacksonville. Like, Urban rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Um, the owner of the Jags came out and said Urban has to regain the trust of the organization. The video was inexcusable. Um, it was reports saying when the players saw the video come out, they laughed. They, they lost a lot of respect for Urban. Because, like I said, when you – preaching one thing and practicing another or you showing another thing like i say i'm ne i'm i'm not necessarily on his side but i'm not against him either because i didn't see anything in that video that was like hey urban what the fuck are you doing man you tripping it was more so he didn't stop something that could be viewed as something else you know what i'm saying so he put himself in that position and now you gotta live in that shit so he came out with an apology, all that, this, that, and the other. So that's the Urban Meyer situation. Let me know y'all thoughts on that, man. Leave me some comments on my Instagram page, man, about the Urban, Urban Meyer situation. As a married man, I believe in that situation, you just politely tell the young lady, hey, I'm married. I don't want things to be construed a, a certain way. Um, if you want to take a picture, that's cool, but I can't have you dancing on me or anything no matter how innocent it may be in your eyes i can't have this happening right now i'm an nfl head coach you know he could have been drunk could have been drinking could have been a little slizzard who knows but that's just my opinion so that's it for the nfl that's the nfl recaps um let's move into some some basketball man some and that's what we'll close the show with some basketball talk man so first let's get into the the, the preseason and just storylines going into the NFL, I mean, going into the NBA um, this year. Uh, everybody knows about the Los Angeles Lakers acquiring Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook um, and that, and all the storylines about them being old and everybody on that team is so old and this, that, the other, and how great would it be if LeBron won a ring with Melo, Melo's first ring, Bazi woo woo. 
So I think um, this NBA season is going to be extremely interesting. Extremely interesting. There's a couple of storylines going on. You got the Nets and the Lakers, of course. That's the number one. Like we, Everybody wants to see the Nets and the Lakers meet up in the finals. Everybody wants to see KD versus LeBron going at it head-to-head. Uh, pretty evenly matched teams in the finals. This isn't KD with the with the Golden State Warriors versus LeBron and in that Cavs team. That wasn't an equal matchup, right? So that's in jeopardy, right? Let's just jump into this: Kyrie Irving versus the NBA in the vaccine, right? The NBA's came out with the basically. A, a, a vaccine mandate, a vaccine mandate, and they didn't say all players are mandatory to get vaccinations. They're saying if you don't have, if you're not vaxxed, you will not be played, you will not be paid for games missed. I think they due to COVID and due to um, state regulations. So, for instance, Kyrie Irving plays for the Brooklyn Nets. New York has a mask mandate, so he. No, he has. A, they have a vaccine mandate to like be out in public places and shit like that. So he can't come to practice or play in home games in New York. So Kyrie Irving is, as of right now, they will be without Kyrie Irving for 41 games of the NBA season, and that affects continuity. That if, him not being able to practice, him not being able to come to meetings. You know what I'm saying? Like, that affects continuity when you're trying to win an NBA championship. Do I think the Nets are good enough to win the finals without Kyrie Irving with James Harden and uh, Kevin Durant? I actually believe they are. But I think Kyrie Irving puts him over the top. I think Kyrie Irving makes him an overwhelming favorite in the East. So, my opinion on this Kyrie Irving vaccine thing, I'm not vaxxed. I haven't received the COVID vaccine. I'll put that out there right now. I'm still hesitant in my willingness to go get the vaccine. And before, you know, people come at me about all this other stuff, I've I've never received anything like a vaccine from the government. I don't take medications. I'm I'm just not that I'm just not I'm not a holistic medicine person and I about to, I'm not I'm not that either. But I'm just I've been a fairly healthy person my entire life and I've just never gotten into that whole taking medication thing. And I'm not saying I've been fairly healthy, so I'm, I'll never get sick or I've never gotten sick. I say that to say people that grew up or had underlying health conditions when they're growing up, when stuff like a vac- or COVID or pandemic happens, you immediately get scared. You immediately become fearful because you understand, man, I got enough to deal with. I have a weak immune system from the period. I, I get uh, colds four or five times a year. I'm getting a cough or whatever. So it's like, I don't got time to deal with this. But for me, it was like, man, I don't even get sick, man. I never had the flu, never had, never had a flu shot, never, never really did any of that. So it's kind of like, I wasn't as fearful. Did I go in thinking, oh, this shit ain't going to happen to me? No, of course not. I, I'm not stupid, but I wasn't scared. I was more like, it is what it is in the first year of COVID. It was like, if I get it, I, I get it. Because in the first year, there was no vaccine. So if you got it, it was kind of like you got it. You did, you did what you had to do. 
So when the vaccine came out, it was for me it was kind of like, man, I don't I don't even know if I want to get into the whole why I don't why I didn't get vaccinated shit. I think that's a conversation for another time. This is a sports podcast. I want to get into that shit. Y'all almost fucking got me. But I will say I'm not vaxxed. Um, I've been hesitant. I've had conversations with people that have made me think about it like a little again. I'm not going to say a little deeper because I have went into deep thought about this, man. Like, um, And there are situations in my life currently going on that make me think like, man, should I get it? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. You know, it's just, it goes and it, it's just a lot, right? So I'm not this type, I'm not the person that's like, Kyrie Irving, you stupid for getting vac for not getting vaccine. My thought, because I don't have, I don't, I haven't got vac, so I'm not finna be like, bro, you risking all that money for a vaccination and all that. In my opinion, this is how I think. If it was mandatory and I didn't have no choice but to get it, of course I would get it. I wouldn't be trying to go through all these loopholes to not get this thing, right? I would just hope for the best. But I'm not going to get it if I know I don't have to. You know what I'm saying? If I'd rather take my chances. That's just my opinion. I'd rather take my chances. That's just my opinion. And that may sound stupid to some people. That may sound reckless to some people. You hear people, man, there's 700,000 people died in the United States alone. And you talking about you'll take your chances. That's just how I feel. That's just how I feel. Like, and a week from now, I could have a vaccine a week from now and have a totally different stance. That's my thing. Like, if somebody chooses not to, that's fine. If they choose to, that's fine too. I, I just don't think we should be criticizing people so heavily, calling them stupid, calling them selfish, calling them this, that, or the third because they choose not to do this thing, especially as black people. I think a black person having hesitancy to trust the United States government with anything is founded in um, in good sense. I think that's, I don't think that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? I think Kyrie is a different character because Kyrie's always been kind of like a, a contrarian with everything. It's like Kyrie's kind of like anti-everything. He's kind of an anomaly. He's a, he's a weird guy. Weird, not weird in a bad way. Weird as indifferent. You know what I'm saying? But my opinions on this as far as basketball go. If there's a player, if this is the rule, if the rule, like I said, if it was mandatory in my state, I would get it. And and I will say this. The main thing that's made me think about getting it is traveling. My wife likes to travel. My wife likes to go on vacations. And I know she wants to go on vacations in foreign countries. And there are certain places you can't go without a vaccination. So that's been the the the, the biggest reason for me to even come in close to getting it is I don't want to have travel restrictions on me. I still want to be able to live life. You know what I'm saying? I think with this NBA situation, I think um, if a player is not willing to get the vaccine in the state that he plays for a team in a state where the vaccine is mandatory to do public shit, then I think that's kind of, I don't think it's stupid. I think it's kind of like, 
Ooh. You know what I'm saying? That's my opinion of it. Ooh, that's sticky right there. That's sticky. Because it's like, I understand your hesitancy. Like I said again, I understand you being hesitant and not trusting the media, not trusting the government, not trusting, even trusting doctors. Because everything is a business at the end of the day. My opinion, when you go to the hospital, I don't think, especially if you're uninsured, I don't think doctors are trying to heal you. I think doctors are trying to give you things to help you feel better in the moment, right? Uh, I've I've been in situations when I was at the hospital with family members and shit like that, and I was just looking around like sometimes the doctors would be asking questions. It's, it's kind of like they don't even know the answers that they're looking for. They're kind of like they don't know what to tell you either. They're stumped. So it's like, and I know it's shit, it's shit doctors aren't even familiar with yet. It's, I mean, uh, the human is... The human body and the world is constantly evolving and changing. There's new shit popping up all the time. But I say that to say I understand that people don't trust doctors sometimes too, right? I, I know people whose family members went into the hospital for a, a routine checkup. The doctors claimed they, they needed a certain thing, gave them the thing, and then they died. And they sued the hospital. So it's like, that shit exists. But I think it's different if it's like your job, the city you live in, and your job is in the city. The city you live in has a ma- a, a vaccine mandate. I I will bite the bullet because at the end of the day, I need my money to to feed my family, right? And that goes that goes beyond my trust for the government distrust for the government, whatever. When it comes down to feed my family, I'm going to do what I got to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not with the whole, this to keep my family safe thing, and I'm just being honest and being transparent here. This is my podcast. I say what the fuck I want to say. I'm being 100% in this saying, I don't believe the vaccine is about keeping people safe. Because it's not a cure. A cure is about keeping people safe. I think the vaccine is about getting the world back going. That's just my opinion. That is just my opinion. I don't think the government put this out with the idea of we're trying to stop this thing. That's just my opinion. I think they put it out with we're trying to get to the point where we can live with this thing. You know what I'm saying? And do I, I'm not saying, I'm not sitting here saying that's just evil. I'm saying, I think that's the objective. You know what I'm saying? Whether the objective is evil or righteous, make your own opinion on that. But I believe that's the objective. I don't think the objective is to stop COVID. I think the objective is to get the world back going despite COVID. You know what I'm saying? So I understand if people like, I'd rather just take my fucking chances because I can still die getting COVID while I have the vaccine in me. You know what I'm saying? Just, we all hear them say it, it greatly um, reduces the negative effects of COVID that lead to death, right? But that doesn't mean it eliminates because that would be what? A cure. So people's hesitancy saying, man, this ain't no cure. This ain't, 
y'all, this is a vaccine so y'all can open up these businesses, so y'all can get these planes back in the sky, so y'all can get money back flowing throughout the economy. Like, this is all this is for, and some people feel like that. I'm not saying I feel like that. I'm saying some people do, and I see both sides of the aisle. I talked to my friend Aleem on the three podcasts a couple of weeks ago, and Aleem explained how he's lost three family members due to COVID. We were we we were having a, a spirited debate about the vaccine, and he was saying like he took it because he seen family members die from this shit, and he's willing to do whatever it takes, however small the the um the odds are that this shit works or whatever. He's willing to do what it takes to not have another one of his family members die because of this disease. So I'm sympathetic on both sides. I understand there's people who have lost mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles, kids to COVID. You know what I'm saying? I'm not one of these conspiracy theorists talking about this shit's not real. It's, 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 it's an agenda. I'm not one of them. I'm one of these guys that can look on both sides of the aisle. I'm not one of these guys that stand on the right and say, fuck the left. The left is wrong. And I'm not saying politics left and right. I'm just saying literally left side of the room, right side of the room. I don't I don't stand on one side of the room and say the other side is wrong. I'm a guy that can stand in the middle and say, OK, y'all tell me both. Of y'all tell me why y'all think y'all right. And I can come to my own opinion and conclusion based on. What you both are telling me. I'm not finna listen to one side and say, oh yeah, you're right. If I haven't heard the other side's argument. Because I know how that feels when somebody accuses you something, accuses you of something that you didn't do, right? I, I, I equate that to not hearing both sides of a story. Going with one side or the other. It's like when somebody accuses you of something you didn't do, but you're not able to get your get your side out. And I think that's that's what's going on with Kyrie in, in this whole vaccine situation. I think there's people on one side that's like the extreme people that's like, yeah, the government's trying to microchip us with vaccines. And yeah, Kyrie Irving's our guy. And then you got the extreme vax people that's saying Kyrie Irving doesn't care. Kyrie Irving's a piece of shit. He, Kyrie Irving's going to be responsible for people dying and all that. Like, let's not do that to people. At the end of the day, it's a choice. This thing isn't mandatory. This People aren't breaking the law in order to not get the vaccine. This is something that people are choosing not to do because they have fear that is justified. They have a fear of the people that created this vaccination, which is the U.S. government and the people they hired to do, do this thing. They have a fear of this thing. They have a fear of the one story that they hear of a guy that had adverse reactions to a COVID vaccine. You know what I'm saying? Some people don't care about the millions of people that are doing fine. Some people hear the one person that died and think, oh, no, fuck that. I'm not willing to be that one in one million. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm a guy that's standing in the middle. I'm not anti-vax just because I don't have, I haven't got the vaccine yet. I'm just not, I don't know if I'm willing to do it yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I said, if it was mandatory, I wouldn't fight it. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know if I'm willing to just do it. My 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 feelings 
aren't, if I get the vaccine, I'm helping to stop COVID. That's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. So, Kyrie Irving, man, um, I'm not. I'm neither for or against you, because um, as a as your teammate, from a teammate perspective, I'm like, bro, just get this shit, bro, so we can get this championship, bro. Like, fuck it, bro. It's not that big a deal. It's not gonna kill you. That's a teammate's perspective. Like, come on, bro. We trying to get this dub, bro. Everybody else vaxxed, bro. You see, we straight. Let's do this shit. But as a, on a human perspective, I'm like, bro, you you a you an individual. You got the right to do what you want to do. To feel how you want to feel. So I'm not going to judge you or hold shit over your head for that. And that's that. That's my opinion on that. I'm not going to go on and on about that. Because I want to get into one thing as we close in, close out the show. And that's Ben Simmons. So let's, let's, let's close this motherfucker out with a bang, shall we? Um, shout out to LeBron. Let's just throw a shout out to LeBron for his new building at Nike headquarters. Uh, I think it's, I forgot the name of it, but um, that's big. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to LeBron. But um, Ben Simmons, man. So for those who don't know, the casuals, the Philadelphia Sixers played the Atlanta Hawks in the Eastern Conference semifinals. And in a crucial game, fourth quarter of a crucial game, close game, Ben Simmons has an opportunity to go up, yam the basketball on Trey Young, and instead he passes it to a teammate who instead who 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 does what he should have did and take it to the cup, go to the, get fouled and go to the free throw line. So the immediate reaction is Ben Simmons Ben Simmons is scared of the spotlight. He's scared of the light. He's scared to be alone at the free throw line with the game on the line. He's scared. He's scared of the moment. He doesn't have a jumper. He's a liability, right? Sixers lose the series. Ben Simmons' world collapses. This is how I feel. He's. This is how I feel. His reaction. The world is falling. The sky is falling. Right. So after the game, you know, Joel Doc, they make their comments about it. You know, uh, Doc says Ben has to get better. Um, initially, he said he doesn't know if the Sixers can win a championship with Ben Simmons. Um, in recent weeks, he said they he does believe they can win a championship with Ben Simmons. Uh, Joel Embiid, the center for the Sixers, said he believed the turning point of the series or the game was when um, he said we. He didn't say when Ben Simmons passed the ball on an open dunk. He said when we, um, I think he said when we had players pass up open dunks, right? So uh, Ben forego the Olympics. There was a report saying that Ben doesn't want to play in the Olympics so he can work on his game for next season, right? So the initial reports was, oh, Ben, Ben gets it. Ben, Ben's, Ben's about to lock in, and he about, Ben about to be a problem next year. He, this, is, this is the turning point for Ben, right? Then all of a sudden, it's Ben wants to be traded. Ben wants out of Philly. Ben says he'll never play for the 76ers again. Ben, uh... Curved his teammates. Teammates tried to meet with him out in Cali. Ben told him, no, fuck y'all, stay home. Um, so this, this whole situation has turned into a shit show for Ben Simmons, right? Um, the Sixers put like $8 million into an escrow account for Ben for his fines and whatnot. So whenever Ben does show up to camp or report to the Philly uh, 76ers facilities, 
that he'll get the remaining money in that account minus all the fines for missing games, missing camp and shit, right? So now it's reports that Ben is coming from Ben's camp, Ben's camp saying he's considering um, rethinking his whole approach because of all the money he'll miss um, due to not playing. So my opinion now is like, well, fuck that, Ben. You don't burn bridges. You don't. You don't basically say fuck you to your teammates in Philly. Like this. This is not gonna be a, a sweet situation. The fans are like fuck Ben Simmons. And, and like we all know as sports fans, we know how rough Philly is to play as a as an athlete, as a the home team and the away team. Philly is rough. They have passionate blue collar fans. Those got those those Philly fans are rough, but they love their fucking teams. If you giving your all out there every night as a Philadelphia 76ers, them people are gonna ride for you. Look at AI. If you go out there and you giving out your all every night and them Philly fans gonna ride for you. Look at Nick Foles. Look at the Philadelphia Eagles. They gonna ride. You know what I'm saying? Nick Foles can eat free in Philly, bro. He brought them a Super Bowl. AI can do what he wants in Philly because AI put his heart on the court every night for Philly. You know what I'm saying? And that's the type of town Philly um, feels. That's the type of vibe Philly feels represents that city. Is that putting it all on the line, going out every night, giving it everything you got right. So I think Ben Simmons is soft. I think he's... um. I don't think he he's willing he's willing to do what it takes to be great. I think um, one thing LeBron told him before he got into the league, he was coming out of LSU or coming out of high school to LSU or something like that. LeBron was his mentor. He told him he could be better than me. LeBron told him, and I quote, "You have a chance to be better than me. You just can't skip steps." That's what LeBron told him, and I think that's. The point Ben is at right now is that point in his career where it's like, do you care about being rich and famous? Do you care about posting your thirst traps on Instagram and 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 uh, fucking with uh, one of the Jenner girls and posting your cars and shit? Or do you want to get a ring? Do you want to bring a ring to Philly? Do you want to be a great basketball player? Do you want to go down as a top ten player in NFL, NBA history? Is that what you want, or do you want this other stuff? And if you want that other stuff, if you want that other shit that may not matter to your teammates and your coaches and the fans, then, yeah, he needs to get the fuck out of Philly. He needs to go somewhere where he can play and not have to worry about the shit. But I think he came, one of the reports from his camp was he wants to go to one of the L.A. teams. And it's like, bro, no, you don't. You can't have it your way. And I think an executive came out and said, an Eastern Conference executive came out and said, if the Phillies, if the 76ers, cave they're setting a bad president he signed he has four years remaining on a on a max contract if he forces his way out uh, eastern conference exec said it'll set a bad president and we'll start seeing that more and i agree with that i'm all for player empowerment but it's like this is different than player empowerment this is a player refusing to take responsibility and for his own deficits you know what i'm saying i don't think anybody has attacked ben simmons character i don't think uh, this is initially people just challenge Ben Simmons to be a better basketball player. Your job is to play basketball professionally. That's your job. 
you're supposed to get better at your job as you go on. You don't supposed to be the same level you came in. So I think everybody has the right to tell him, we want you to get better. We're paying you $200 million. We want you to be able to shoot fucking free throws. We want to be able to depend on you in late game situations. What's the fucking problem with that? You know, so Ben, take the tampon off. Stop being fucking soft. Uh, Be a big boy. Toughen up. Like, stop running from the front. Stop running from the grind. Stop running from Philly fans. Stop running from Embiid and Doc. Stop running from the pressure of being great. You know what I'm saying? Pressure makes diamonds. Or pressure makes dust. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 what pressure does. It either makes a diamond or it makes dust. You're either going to come out a diamond or that pressure going to bust your ass. And you're going to be a bunch of little dust particles floating throughout the space in the cosmos that people forget later on. So what you want to do, Ben? You want to be a diamond or you want to be a bust? Or you want to be dust, I should say. So, yeah, man. Good episode. Good episode. Good episode. We're going to get into a lot more on the next episode or something about sports, man. I just wanted to get get back in the flow of things, man, and let y'all hear my voice again. Give y'all some updates on things and um, build my fan base for something about sports. And I know the best way to do that is with consistency and um doing what I can to make sure I'm providing a great show and a great listening experience and viewing experience in the future for my audience. Y'all be on be out on the lookout for a YouTube page coming from something about sports. Be on the lookout for the Instagram channel coming from something about sports. Um I really want to take this thing to the next level, man. And also um get at me for all your fish tank um needs. Um, I have a fish tank maintenance company called the gray standard. Um, I specialize in servicing fish tanks, cleaning them, keeping your ecosystem going healthy and vibrant, um, for, for a reasonable rate. You go to these other places. I'm based in Atlanta, Georgia. You go to these other places around the city, around the country or whatever, and you got to pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars for them to come out and clean your tank. Sometimes it takes less than an hour. But they're coming out, cleaning your tank, doing water changes and whatnot, and they're charging you hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars, depending on the size of the tank. I've created my company in order to, for hobbyists who, who live a busy lifestyle, who aren't able to um, sit down and do all this, the work on, that needs to be done on their tanks, can have this service done for them, be able to enjoy their tanks at a reasonable rate. You're not breaking your back. You're not you're not um, having to work overtime just so you can pay the tank guy. So... Um, contact me for all your needs and wants when it comes to fish tanks and aquariums. I set them up. I maintain them. Um, I move them. If you need your tank relocated, move from one house or one place of business to another, I can take care of that for you. So, you know, um, contact me on Instagram, TGS Tanks. Um, you can hit me on Facebook. Um, email me at TGS Tanks. Um, at gmail.com so y'all get at me for all that type of stuff man and make sure y'all go listen to the three podcasts starring yours truly and my boy zay boogie and big trent the commission y'all tap into that man give us a listen uh that podcast is growing as well uh be on the lookout for for that youtube channel and that content creation for that channel to grow man just look out for for 
a lot of engagement from uh from me and my um other co-hosts on something I mean on uh the three um uh, when it comes to social media and our engagement with the fans and um those who show us love. So without further ado, this has been another episode of something about sports with Deacon Slim. A little longer than um uh, most episodes would be, but this is the kind of I'm back episode. So um I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um Hope you guys enjoyed my my view and perspective on things when it comes to sports and life. Because I get into a little bit of both on this podcast. So, um, you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Um, be on the lookout for new episodes of something about sports every Thursday. Um, I'm kind of aiming for a 1 p.m., 2 p.m. Eastern Time release. So, um, make, make sure y'all be on the lookout for that. Set your alarms. We're available on all podcast platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple Apple Podcasts, Google Google Podcasts, everywhere you can think. Shout out to Anchor for uh, providing a podcast platform for me to record and release my podcast to my fans, man. So y'all be safe, peace, love, and um, message me, get at me if you ever want to be a guest on the show, if you want to want to debate on the show. Just let me know, man. Love.